You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day, and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV, and crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, June 6, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Serretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film News Writer and Box Office Expert Ryan Scott. Happy Monday, everyone. How's it going? It's been a while. Uh, you know, I was at Celebration last week was a lot of uh, Star Wars. Uh, we didn't get to talk about box office uh, last week. So let's talk about that and uh, this weekend as well. So uh, <laughs> I feel like, you know, a few weeks ago or maybe even a month ago, I, I had you on the podcast, Ryan, and we you, you helped me uh, put together my list for the summer movie wager. And we talked about Top Gun Mavericks box office prospects. Boy, were we wrong. 
Yeah, Why did we I underestimate really, this? Yeah, I would really hate to go back and listen to that and like yeah. like the with the benefit of hindsight hearing what I had to say about it because I'm sure it would just sound so woefully wrong. Um <laughs> I will say this no, though. We, like it's not like I bet you people in Paramount. I bet you Tom Cruise was not expecting this to do more money than the highest mission impossible. No, no. And look, to be clear, we were not the only ones that were caught off guard by this, yeah. but I was definitely underselling it. I I, I <laughs> will say the only caveat to this was that I had mentioned, you know, reviews are a big driver for this sort of thing. And I mean, this has become <laughs> like in a weird way, like a critical darling, like, yeah. you know, it's got like a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think the audience rating is 99%. It's the first A plus cinema score of the year. Uh, you know, it is a crowd pleaser, you know, so like this is not this is not like some movie where the critics disagree and people seem like everyone is on this movie's side, which is so weird, <laughs> but it's happening. It's, <laughs> yeah, 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 but that like usually translates to the second weekend box office, which we're going to hear in a minute. Was you know it did translate into the second. It translated a huge. It it it, it's a gigantic record for memorial for a Memorial Day hold. Yeah, but it didn't like the first weekend. It to me is such a huge surprise. What do you think happened? Like, why were we so wrong? Like, what? Because I feel like okay, this is monumental compared to Tom Cruise's career. Right. Like it's the biggest opening he's ever had, even by a by a lot. Like and I talked about this my write up last week. But like, let's be very clear here. Tom Cruise's biggest opening weekend ever before this was sixty five million dollars for War of the Worlds. Um, and it, last weekend he opened to one twenty six through the three day and like one fifty <laughs> through through the full Memorial Day. Yeah. One sixty for the formal Memorial Day. So he blew that out of the water. Now, even if we look at the second weekend which was eight, just shy of $86 million, which was only a 32% drop, that would still have been by far his biggest opening weekend. And let's be very clear, if Top Gun Maverick had opened $86 million, everyone still would have thought that was a good, like, that would have been very good. That the, the, there's Nobody would yeah. have. But the fact that it made that on its second weekend is insane. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, I mean, you know, it's going to lose its crown this week because we got Jurassic World Dominion coming out, but like, I actually think this is going to hold okay. Oh yeah. Even with even with Dominion coming out, which is I mean, I think what's going to happen is everything else. Like Doctor Strange is going to really peter out next week. Bob's Burgers is going to be gone. You know, bad guys is finally <laughs> probably probably going to fall off the chart a little bit. You know, some of this stuff is just gone then like at that point. But but yeah, like it's it is wild, but I but I really think to answer your question it's a handful of things. It is just absolutely stellar word of mouth from everyone. Not like one, it is everyone. It is being, and it is being sold as by those people. You must see this on a big screen. And not like the studio saying that, like the people that saw it are saying that. And then you also have nostalgia is playing a bigger part of this than I think any of us anticipated. A lot of older moviegoers are going, you know, there's nothing but like my Twitter feed is people <laughs> going with their dads, you know, like being like, let's go see Top Gun. And, um, and I, then I didn't anticipate that like Top Gun was, like, I don't know, you, you do hear it being quoted every once in a while, but I, I, I never felt that it had, I mean, it is a classic, an 80s classic, but I never felt like it had, you know, the potential to be as big as this. 
I guess not. It was the high, one of the highest grossing movies of the eighties. And, but I never thought for me, I just never thought you could make a sequel to that movie. That would be this good. Like, cause my thing is, and let, <laughs> let me be very clear here. I, I, I know I shouldn't swear on the show, but I fucking hate Top Gun. I absolutely hate the first <laughs> Top Gun. I, I'm going to say it one more time. I fucking hate Top Gun. It okay. is, a, it is a dumb movie. It's, it's not very good. And I love Tony Scott, and I like Tom Cruise a lot as a movie. It is not a good movie. Now let me now let me be now let me know. I'm saying all that to say, I was so mad when it seemed like everyone was getting me excited about a Top Gun sequel. Like when all the reactions started coming, I'm like, God damn it, I'm not going to get excited about a Top Gun movie. And I swear to you, I sat in that movie theater with my buddy Daniel. First two thirds of it, I'm like, all right, whatever, it's fine. Then that last act comes into play, and I'm like, God damn it, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, and and I'm like, and I'm really irritated how much I ended up really liking it, uh, just because I hate the first one so much. But I'm happy to admit I was very wrong about its box office potential, and I was very wrong about the movie itself. It's a damn good movie, and it's and it's very surprising that it's a sequel to a movie I hate so much. Uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm wondering if it's gonna totally kill my summer movie wager. I, I I'm not sure if you listened to this last film cast episode, but I was. Uh, on the podcast, Jermaine Lucier, who used to be on at Slash Film, he's now at IO9. Uh, he put Top Gun, I think number three. And I think, we no, all, he put it. I think he put it number one, didn't he? I don't think it's number one. Or when he did something, because I saw he's we rocketed yeah. to the top of the charts now. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, right now he's at the top. But we all chastised him. We made fun of him, and uh, I, I do think if it's number one, it will actually hurt him because it's it's, it's, it's not close enough. But um, and, and you know what's strange, Brian? It has the potential. It could be number one. And not, I'm not going to say this. So, so here's so not even just summer. Let me let me go a bold claim alley here. Now I'm going to go way the other way here. So currently it is at 291 domestic, 257 international. It is a, it is just shy of 550 million worldwide after being released on May 27th. This is guaranteed to sail to a billion now. It might end up being Paramount's biggest movie ever by the end of it. Um, uh, I would just 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 crazy. Just but I'll tell you this: we don't. I think the Jurassic World Dominion reviews drop tomorrow. Um, I had previously pegged Jurassic World Dominion as the number one movie worldwide this year. I now think. <laughs> if it is not Jurassic World Dominion, it will be Top Gun Maverick. Uh, <laughs> will be the number one movie worldwide for 2022, which is crazy. Well, Ju Jurassic World Dominion is actually out internationally, so there's there's already reviews out. It seems like people are enjoying it uh, as much. Yeah, as it maybe... doesn't seem like it's going to be. Yeah, it, it's not going to be resounding joy. I don't think, but yeah. Um, okay. Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. How is that doing? Uh, just crossed 900 million as of this week. So it's at 909.4 worldwide. Uh, although it only made nine. Now, just to, now another illustration here, just real quick. So the number one movie this week was Top Gun Maverick with 80, just shy of 86 million. Number two movie was Dr. Strange with 9.2 million. That is a hell of a gap. Uh, I would, uh, yeah, so that, um, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, it's petering out now. It's really starting to slow down. I don't think it's going to get to a billion. Um, 
unless there are international markets that it hasn't opened in big ones that I'm unaware of, it's probably not going to get a China release. So we can't count on that. And so I, I mean, but either way, if it didn't make another dime, this would be a gigantic hit. So, um, yeah. uh, yeah, but I mean, I think it, it probably closer to like nine forty, nine fifty at this point, but I don't think it's going to get to a billion. So it's, it's done really well for itself. I, I, um, <laughs> but I still think the word of mouth has been a little bit less, yeah you know because top gun maverick you're seeing what that positive word of mouth can do i think the doctor strange doctor strange got you really far on concept the marvel name and kind of being a sequel of sorts to no way home um i i still contend that it, it had it been a slightly better movie it would have done a lot better you know i did it is what it is but yeah i really thought that the bonkersness of it and the cameos and the multiverse aspect of it would have led to multiple viewings and this doing better, but it really seems like the horror take and it, uh, the script just not being up to, up to par is kind of, um, I don't know, it left people not wanting to go back to see it. Yeah. I think what you're losing out on here is the repeat viewings for sure. And again, look, let's be clear. It's a gigantic hit movie, but it, it, it just, it, 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 I previously had this pegged as, you know, if not the number one, the number two, <laughs> worldwide movie of the year you know like and and i just don't think it's gonna i i think i think it'll maybe be at best three at this point um you know it's it's definitely not gonna do what it's not gonna do what i think people thought it was gonna do and there's a reason for that that's all i'm saying is what it it what it could have done at the top end it's not going to do that's and that's that you know there's something to that and I think I had this number two on my list for the summer movie wager, and uh, obviously Jurassic World is number one. And uh, I still think Jurassic World is a relatively safe bet because I, those both those movies have made so much money. And if this one, if the reviews are even like a little better than the second one, and with the nostalgia angle with the new cast, I think it could still. I think that's still your safe yeah. bet. By the way, I was, I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes for Jurassic World Dominion. It's all like international reviews because domestic audiences are still embargoed. But Screen Anarchy says, in the end, it is what it is. If you want dinosaur chases and familiar faces, Jurassic World Dominion delivers. If you want some spice, blood, and surprise, you'll have to look somewhere else. I mean, that, that's basically what I expected. That's exactly what I think people are expecting. So this strikes me as the kind of thing that might get like a mid 60% you know, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, but like the audience rating is going to be in like the 80s or 90s. You know what I mean? Like it's probably going to be. Yeah, right right, right now it only has eight reviews, but it's 88%. But I do want to qualify that of this is one of the, (laughs) this is one of the quotes for one of the, the fresh reviews. An entertaining adventure that doesn't completely satisfy. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, it's it's, but again, even like that first Jurassic World, (laughs) the critics were not glowing about it but like audiences fucking loved it. You yeah. know what I mean? So like it, it's, it, I just, it's just one of those franchises that has had a disconnect from the beginning. And, I, and I, you know, so I still suspect this is like, people are going to show up, you know, like there's no, you know, it, it, it and especially I, I really think when you look at like how big Jurassic world was like, let, let us not forget Jurassic world opened to $208 million without anyone from the original cast in it. You know, when you look at when you look at that, you know, thing and it finishing with 652 domestic, I mean, Jesus Christ, 
you know, like that is, you know, especially when the second weekend is still people don't talk about this enough. Jurassic World in its second weekend making $106 million. So I think when you talk about bringing the original cast back, when you look at like what Top Gun Maverick has done with the nostalgia boost there, I think I still think Jurassic World Dominion is poised to just make a lot of money. That's my, you know, that's my bold take. I mean, I don't think it's that bold. Because, uh, I mean, the only thing that's like speculative about that is Fallen Kingdom dropped to $417 million, uh from the six. 52 of the jurassic world yeah but fallen kingdom still made over 1.3 billion worldwide and that was against atrocious reviews like (laughs) like like and that and i'm talking like a and that audience score on that's bad too like people like people didn't like that movie but i'm saying this one it seems like it's at least going to be better if not as good as the first one and then like you've got the original cast coming back i think that's going to get you somewhere and we're in June, but for some reason, I guess it's still the summer of Morbius. Oh, I don't know. Oh, my God. So you, you <laughs> want to talk about this real quick? Just real quick? I, I, I thought right. this was um, out of theaters. I don't, what, what is going on here? So, look, for anyone who's not online, like who anyone for anyone who's not on Twitter all day, this is going to be confusing to you. But essentially what happened is like and I and for the record, I was way on board for the jokes at first. Like people started using the, I don't, we got to track down who did this first. I'd almost like to interview the guy who first said the phrase morbid time as (laughs) as a joke for Morbius. But like, basically it's like, you know, it was like a joke catchphrase about Morbius because the movie was bad. And so these caught on like wildfire. People started making jokes about Morbius. There was a 24 seven Twitch stream that got pulled down all this stuff. Like the Twitter went nuts with Morbius jokes and (laughs) to the point where it was trending worldwide, I think. And then so the Sony Pictures marketing team sees this and is like, you know what? Let's take this goodwill and let's go ahead and re-release Morbius in a thousand theaters this weekend. Um, They did, uh, thinking that people were taking this seriously. And it only made $300,000 in its re-release. So much so the box office mojo didn't even look at it. I had to go to the numbers for that number. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's it's what you, I mean, what do you, what do you... (laughs) I was going to say, so it turns out memes, memes don't turn out to be box office. But this goes to the larger conversation. And, and, and again, I got to give credit to a lot of Scott Mendelson over at Forbes. He talks about this all the time. Social media is not real life. And it never, ever, ever translates to like box office like or, or general audience interest. Um, you know, that's just not the way that this shit works. And uh yeah and also like sony just completely failed to realize that like all these people that were like joking about morbius weren't like seriously trying to turn this into a cult classic or anything they were poking fun at the movie like they couldn't turn this into the room you know what i mean like there was no you know uh (laughs) it it it, you know and which i think maybe is what they were kind of trying to do i don't know but um you know the movie has made seven 163 million worldwide that's it that's what it's gonna do it is what it is. You need to just take it as a loss, leave it alone, stop talking about it, move on, try to make these other movies you're trying to make, try to make them work, I guess, and just be done with it. Like Morbius is over. We're done. Summer of Morbius is over on June 6th. Um, okay, what, what else came it's, out this it's, weekend? It's done been over, Peter. Uh, Crimes of the Future also opened this weekend, which is the new movie from David Cronenberg. Uh, he's been away for quite some time from the director's chair. You know, the movie's doing pretty well, 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, very lot of love for it on the festival circuit. 
weird body horror movie from a guy who makes weird body horror. Like, good for film fans, not great for financial prospects. Uh, yeah. Made $1.1 million. It's fine. You know, like, Neon doesn't necessarily count on gigantic, you know, like, it'll probably do a little bit of money in art house theaters the next few weeks and set it up <laughs> for a VOD run. You know, like, it's, but it's not, it's just not going to make a lot of money. It, it just isn't. Um, you mean I, I, I shouldn't take my dad to see Crimes of the Future? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet because like body <laughs> horror is not really my thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. like I really like the fly a lot, but like that kind of stuff is is generally not my thing. And I love Cronenberg, so like, but but it just seemed like something that wasn't going to be for me. And and you know, so yeah. I mean, I don't know what people wanted out of this. Like, I don't know that anyone thought it was going to do a lot more than that. I didn't, you know. But like, uh, I I really didn't know what it was going to do. But you know, we'll see. I think these are the kind of art house movies that can hold okay week to week. Because, like, you know, you might be able to build a little bit of word of mouth with the right people or it could fall off a cliff. I kind of don't know. But, um, you know, I'm, I really don't know what Neon was expecting out of it. But uh, I, I can't say that the number is, like, surprising to me or anything. You know, I, I I wish I had something more profound to say about it. Like, it's nice yeah. that David Cronenberg's back. He's already got another movie lined up. He's going to be fine. Movie Doom is better off having another David Cronenberg movie out in the world. Like, this is a good library title for somebody because over time, this is the kind of movie that if you didn't spend a fortune on it, you know, can be like, oh, it's one of David Cronenberg's last movie, last movies or whatever like that. You know, that's a good that's a good thing to have. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Fantastic Beasts finally crossed 400 million. Yeah. And kind of a meaningless milestone. Um, Fantastic Beasts, uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore barely uh, uh limped over the 400 million dollar line uh in its so oh god what week was it um i think it's uh what week were we in here i don't know it's been at the least 13th a... week wow, 13th yeah. week uh so um <laughs> oh no i'm sorry it's not there it's eighth eighth weekend sorry it's third it was rank 13th this week I was looking over the chart. I'm sorry. So it only made $380,000 this weekend. Um, you know, whatever, but that was enough to get it, but it's only, so it's 95 million domestic, 305 million international. So the split is 23.8%, 76.2%. Uh, that is a gigantic drop from the previous entry in the franchise, which was a gigantic drop from the one before that. So, yeah. uh, you know, Warner brothers gets to say it made $400 million, which is, barely double its 200 million dollar budget and uh that's it that's the end of fantastic beast there's no way we get another sequel they're gonna try to make different harry potter stuff this is it okay uh what's coming out this week jurassic world jurassic world is is the movie that that is that that's that's what you're looking for jurassic world dominion is that that's that's everyone's getting out of the way of that top gun had its two weeks good for top gun (laughs) now it's jurassic world time what what do you think jurassic world is going to make this weekend um, I think reviews are going to be big. Uh, if I were to guess, if I were to just like, just like a kind of shot in the dark sort of guess, I think it's going to go somewhere between Fallen Kingdom and the original. So I would say 175-ish million hmm. domestic. And, uh, That's wait, my, yeah, you know, and it. And I, I did mention it opened up to, uh, internationally, and I think it's like fifty million or something. 
Inter- yeah, in overseas yeah. territories, I think I think it's got, but I don't think it's a ton of big markets yet, which is the thing. So it seems to be off to a pretty good start. Um, you know, yeah, like we'll you know we'll see, but yeah. So that's my guess is that it'll fall somewhere between the the two domestic, and I think it has a much bigger rollout this weekend elsewhere. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I think this is guaranteed to sail to a billion dollars worldwide, but it's how much more than that does it do is the big question. Hmm. So that's my. That's my sort of uh, rough prediction. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if I'll top 200 million. Do you think there's any? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's certainly in the cards. I mean, the first one did 208, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> it's absolutely in the cards. Like, that's not that's not at all out of bounds. And, uh, and you know, if for anyone that says it is out of bounds, okay, that's fine. You can, <laughs> you, you, are, you are allowed to not look at history as it, as it, as it exists before you. Because I think we've seen now for the right movie, like Spider-Man No Way Home changed everything. And that like we've seen for the right movie in the pandemic world, it can it can obliterate any and all expectations. So if Spider-Man No Way Home could do what it did, you absolutely have the chance that Jurassic World Dominion can (laughs) can be in the same ballpark as the first Jurassic World, especially with Top Gun Maverick doing what it just did. You know, this figures to be a nice, robust summer movie going season. So it, it absolutely can. It's a matter of whether or not <laughs> it will. people still care enough. Yeah, but yeah, it it can. Uh, you know, going back to our Top Gun conversation, I I kind of wonder if the reason Maverick did so, or one of the reasons, because I don't think there is one reason, but one of the reasons Maverick did so well is it was just the right movie at the right time. Like it felt like it felt like people wanted a big movie that, like you know, I could go with with my dad uh, to, to with my dad. Like it felt like we had been waiting for this kind of film felt like a lot of people had for sure. And again, that's part of the perfect storm. Like a lot of people that really liked it were like just ready for like, an kind of like old school, big screen blockbuster, like not like a big cinematic universe play, not some big, you know, like it was just like a well-filmed fun action movie with like reasonable stakes given, you know what I mean? That that's, what's nice yeah. about it too. Right. Is like the stakes are not, you know, it's not, oh, World War Three is going to start. It's, you know, hey, look, we got this mission we got to carry out. It's dangerous and some a couple of people might die if it goes wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I so, I think people liked that about it. Yeah, I almost wonder if, because Jurassic World Dominion could have been that movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, that could have been the movie that is like a multi-generational, you know, people that love the original, the kids that, you know, are now into Jurassic World. I wonder if it, like maybe took some of the wind out of the sail that Jurassic World could have. I don't know. No, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the case at all. Cause I also think you had a couple of weeks of breathing room. So like yeah. people that saw Top Gun Maverick aren't necessarily not going to go see Jurassic World. Now it might've almost there. There's a, there's an argument to be made that like, if if people that, cause like a lot of people that hadn't been going to the movies as much, as much got out to go see Top Gun Maverick. There's an argument to be made that that might've been like the little juice they needed. Like, Oh, I missed going to the movies. You know, and then like and then like Jurassic World Dominion is coming out. And it, there, there's an argument to be made that might benefit Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah. OK, this is going longer than we anticipated, as always. Uh, but you had a, a Tales from the Box Office column this past week. Do you want to plug that? Sure. Yeah, I had a I didn't know what I was going to do this week. And I was going over some anniversaries and uh Harry and the Hendersons celebrated its 35th anniversary. <laughs> and the only reason I, I, I picked this one out, I. I I kind of did something I don't normally do with this column and I just 
decided to like get on a soapbox a little bit. Like it's, it's, it's always been peculiar to me that Hollywood has not made like a big budget Bigfoot movie, like maybe like a more serious type Bigfoot movie because it's not IP that anybody owns. And the, but what's remarkable about Harry and the Hendersons is that it is really truly the only Bigfoot movie that has made enough money to matter. All of these years later, some family friendly movie that never topped the box office uh, it is is the only Bigfoot movie that ever made any real money. And um, that's there, crazy. We on our on slash uh, on slash film, we have a list of 47, I believe it is Bigfoot movies that have been ranked. And most of them are like direct to DVD type movies or very limited release movies. Uh, the thing that was pointed out to me that I didn't mention much w- was there are a couple animated films from the past few years, uh, Abominable and uh, Smallfoot, uh, but those were Yeti movies, and those made decent money, but they also weren't like huge hits relative to their budget. So like, if you want to consider a Yeti movie a Bigfoot movie, you know, whatever. But even then, Harry and the Hendersons made like five times its budget, whereas those movies didn't get anywhere near that. Plus, Harry and the Hendersons, weirdly enough, inspired a three-season, 74-episode TV show. <laughs> so like, you know, it was like a weird... You know, it's just a, it's just a bizarre thing that this creature that has captured the imagination of people for over 50 years now, this is the only real meaningful play Hollywood has ever made at it. Very strange. So you would think it would be easy. To, yeah, I was going to say you'd think that it would be easy to do like an E.T. version of Bigfoot. Do you know what I mean? Like a little kid find, discovers a Bigfoot out in the woods and has to protect it. You know, there's like hunters searching for it. I don't know. Like, I feel like there's there's a pitch there. I think that I the one I always thought was that there's a paranormal activity version of Bigfoot. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, like there's like the, like because I, I all credit where credit is due. Bobcat Goldthwait made a movie called Willow Creek almost about a decade ago that like it is so close to being the Bigfoot movie that I always wanted. But you never really get the thing at the end of it. Like he doesn't show you the thing. You know, he kind of he you yeah. know, he kind of Blair Witches Bigfoot and it just doesn't quite do what you want it to do. Uh, but I do feel like there's like a Blumhouse Bigfoot horror movie out there somewhere that, you know, could make a lot of money. Yeah, but I'm with you. There's a need there. There's several versions of this that like I'm shocked Hollywood has never jumped on. I'm certain movies have been developed, but it's very strange that that out of all these years later, this is somehow the movie that still is the gold standard for Bigfoot films. Very strange. Okay, if you want to read Ryan's column, we'll link it in the show notes. Slash from Daily is published every weekday on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your f- feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter.slashfilm.com. And please head on over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a, a five-star review. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.